Going Linux episode 406, Pinebook Pro Reviews. Welcome to the Going Linux Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinux at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, two of our listeners provide reviews of the Pinebook Pro. Hello, Bill. Hey, Larry. How are you? I am fine. Things are going really well for me. I have just wrapped up the latest Ubuntu Mate Guide, which will be in Ubuntu Mate 21.04, which is coming up very, very soon, the end of April. And that's ready to go. So I'm really happy, and it looks good. Yeah, you told me about it, and I said, said, before we record, I got to go look at it. And it looks really nice. And meanwhile, you're like, uh, are we going to record? I said, I'm, too, I'm looking at the pretty website now. It does. <laughs> it looks good. I'm easily distracted. So, yeah, it looks really good, Larry. I like the new uh, icons um, mm-hmm. that uh, is in the system. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you uh, you definitely have done a lot of work. Uh, it's probably the, the slickest thing I've seen yet. Well, uh, the, the content is mine, uh, and... You know, there's a few changes to what's provided as standard packages. There's a lot of changes to the way things work and a lot of changes to the look because there's a new theme. Uh, none of that work is mine, but it all shows up in the guide because that's designed to be the help for Ubuntu Mate built into the operating system itself and so it looks good and i'll take the credit for the guide the rest of the work is the is the team you know uh, i just copied yeah. and pasted the screenshots right <laughs> okay. but it looks good it does look good it does, it does look good yeah. so no weather reports today uh work no. is work okay so that's that pretty much sums it up so let's moving right along <laughs> yeah. right along yeah, so Pinebook Pro, um, as I said in our last episode, I was thinking this is a computer made out of wood, but apparently that's not the case. I like the wood idea. Yeah, they do have a, a, uh, an acorn as their logo, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. And let's see, their website, and we'll have a link to their website, it says a powerful metal and open source ARM 64-bit laptop for work, school, and fun. So it's ARM-based, and it is metal. They put that right on the website. Yeah, I, I, I know. I was going to somebody... say they actually put metal. It's metal. <laughs> they did. It's not made out of wood. Uh, yeah, and it's a nice-looking piece of hardware. From what you can tell from the screenshot on the on the website, it looks pretty nice. And I have had no experience with it. Um, and I 
think you said that you haven't had any experience with it. I have to say our listeners are fantastic. We ask for feedback from any listeners who have used the Pinebook Pro, so they wrote reviews, and here they are. Thanks to Tim and Stacy for all the work they put in to these reviews. And before we start with Tim, I want to read a quick follow-up email that he sent to us. I heard you say on episode 404 that you would be discussing the listener feedback related to the Pinebook Pro, and I wanted to take this chance, if it's not too late, to clarify two points I made. One, just to say that my write-up is a discussion of using the Pinebook Pro as a daily laptop and not intended as a review. For specifications and forums, the main Pinebook webpages, www.pine64.org, are the place to go. And for reviews, look on the web, including YouTube. And two, I did finally update my kernel, and there was no problem using a 5.11 version now. Thanks, Tim. Okay, so I think we should maybe get right into that. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. So Tim provided a review of the Pinebook Pro, and he, he writes, Hi, guys. In discussing Linux laptops in episode 403, you professed ignorance of the Pinebook Pro and asked for listeners' experience. Mine is below. All right. A, yeah. This, so is a, this is a long one. We'll split this yeah. up into a couple of pieces, I guess. Okay, so I'll take the first part here. He says, A year of using a Pinebook Pro as my main laptop computer. I've been using my Pinebook Pro, or PBP, as my main laptop for a year now. While I still use a desktop computer most of the time, I use the Pinebook Pro for anything I would use a laptop for, including quite a few online meetings using Jitsi and occasionally Zoom. Is it a viable low-cost laptop for anyone to use? Maybe not everybody. But it is a reasonable alternative for many people. I would say it was good for anyone who is already used to using Linux, is willing to deal with a few quirks or limitations that require some adjustments or tweaks on the user's part, and doesn't need blazing speed. Since it is different from other laptops, I would hesitate to suggest a user who hasn't used Linux start right in with it. They would be uh, having a hard time knowing whether issues were due to Linux or using the Pinebook Pro. Okay. Some of the quirks or limitations I think the user would have to be accepting of include the smallish keyboard. I haven't used the ISO keyboard, just the ANSI, so my comments refer to it. The keyboard has the letters standard size, but not as many other keys to make up for the small overall area of keys. For example, the backspace and delete keys are combined, so you need to use function backspace for delete. Additional quirky aspects include the lack of graphics subsystem aside from that built into the ARM chip. No easy way to add internal SSD drives and the inability to upgrade the memory from four gigabytes. For me, the biggest hardware issue was related to external monitors, of which I will address more completely below. The solution to my issue was simple, 
but as a clear example of why I don't recommend the Pinebook Pro to someone not willing to get their hands a bit dirty, so to speak. As for the speed, it's a $200 laptop running on an ARM chip with memory fixed at 4GB. The somewhat slow speed is a given, and if that is a deal breaker for users, they should shy away. So why does it work for me? As a long-time Linux user, the fact that it comes with Linux was a point in favor of it for me. The quirks of the hardware don't bother me. I usually prefer to use ex external storage for files I plan to work on when I am on a laptop anyhow, which the USB-C and the USB-3 ports make easy. The keyboard is not an issue for me aside from the aforementioned lack of a delete key, which I am now used to. And the speed isn't a problem for me. Running Manjaro ARM, avoiding tests that bring it to its knees, and occasionally being patient are enough to make it work for me. Booting up, loading the OS, etc. are quick. The slowness is usually only noticeable when starting a new software instance where the package is fairly large, like LibreOffice. Using it over the last year as my secondary home computer, traveling machine, and go-to platform for video conferencing, it has been great. It has been nice to have such a compact machine in cafes, hotel rooms, and when in other people's homes. It runs very cool. There is only passive cooling, and it has no internal moving parts. It seems pretty rugged for such a lightweight item, and the hinges are suitably stiff. The screen is maybe slightly dark, but I only notice it when I have a second monitor attached. I first used the OS that was included last year, Armbian Mate, and had some issues. I don't really like Mate, and when I heard that Manjaro was the new shipping OS, I tried it and was hooked. The KDE desktop is so clean and snappy, and almost everything has been working well. Almost everything? Well, the Armbian had better PBP-specific utilities, such as CPU speed applet, that showed the speeds of all six cores, I haven't found such a beast for Manjaro. The ARM chip might limit some software choices, but I haven't really had a problem. I don't think you can use Wine, and sometimes a piece of software in the repositories will say something like, not available for this architecture. Nothing I could do would make the LibreOffice spell checker work until I tried it from a snap, and it has been flawless since. The repositories did not let me install Darktable, so I assumed it was incompatible. But then I tried from a snap, and again, it works well. I use Darktable for editing raw graphics files on the road, and it does severely test the machine's speed. The main issue I mentioned before with the exterior monitor was that an upgrade to the kernel broke my USB-C to HDMI connection. The solution easily found in the great Pinebook Pro forms was to use a Pinebook Pro specific kernel installed at the command line. I think this has been fixed, but I am still running the older 5.7.19 kernels, so I am not sure. One other hardware issue for me has been the touchpad is very sensitive and messes 
up my typing when I brush across it. Since I rarely use a touchpad, I just turn it off. I think it is fixed on the newer Pinebook Pros, and Pine has a fix on the website, but I haven't done it. I bought a generic, inexpensive USB-C hub from Anchor to use as a pseudo-docking station, and it works well. The DMI output drives the external monitor without issues. Anything I have connected has worked well, including wireless mouse, printer, camera, and phone. The KDE Connect software was pre-installed and works well with an Android phone, something I find especially handy when traveling. Battery life is excellent. The tiny size, lightweight, and rugged magnesium case are real pluses. Anyway, the bottom line as I see it is the most users would be able to use the Pinebook Pro without being cutting-edge addicted Linux nerds, but on the other hand, Linux noobs with an aversion to tinkering a bit should be wary of getting one. So I guess to summarize, in polite terms, this is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) It's got some issues. Um, I suspect any ARM-based distribution of Linux is going to give you a few issues with incompatible software. But as Tim found... If you can use Snap packages, um, they will overcome some of the issues with ARM processors. And I think that's that's a very acceptable way to go for sure. And you may be able to use other packages like uh, Flatpaks or uh, some of the others, universal packages, but uh, certainly Snaps work. And hardware limitation of 4 gigabytes of RAM, that's... Definitely going to slow you down. And the processor speed, because it's ARM-based, it's slow natively anyway. So, yeah, I think they're still working on ironing the bugs out of it. But if those bugs don't bother you or you can find a way to work around them, as Tim has, it sounds like this is something that's usable by somebody who might also find a, uh, I don't know, a Chromebook usable in the same way, except you're running a full Linux distribution as opposed to the Chrome operating system. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of trade-offs, and uh, I appreciate him pointing out a lot of those. But, uh, you know, I'm sure as they work on it, it'll get better. But, yeah, that that laptop would not work for me uh, just because of all the uh, limitations, because especially the 4 gigabytes of, of RAM is just, that's pretty low for, I'm surprised Dark Table would even run. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it sounds like it barely does. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, and in editing a raw image with just four gigabytes, it's like the image would be bigger than the RAM you have in the system. So that's, uh. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, I think uh, some RAWs can be like 16 gigs or something. They're huge. So yeah, that's amazing. Can even do it. Yeah. Let's hear what Stacy has to say about the Pinebook Pro. Larry and Bill, I actually don't want to write this note, but I continue hearing well-earned praise for Pine. However, nobody seems to be talking about the challenges that buyers have with this organization. They may or may not 
be a for-profit organization, but they are a hardware retailer now, and that comes with responsibility to the consumer. And so I want to make my experiences known. Hmm, this isn't starting off well, <laughs> Stacy. No, it isn't. <laughs> I know people love to love Pine, so I'm putting myself out there to be judged, and so be it. The message isn't for the people that want to love a company because that's coming from an emotional space, and I'm not going to change that. This message is for a potential buyer that is getting ready to put down their hard-earned money for a Pine product and what they might be getting themselves into. Some people may have worked and saved to make this purchase, thinking they were getting something different than they actually might. Like me, for example. To describe myself at a very high level, I'm a former developer and longtime IT manager that lost my job for the command line shortly after the 90s sailed by and entering management in the early 2000s. That being said, I have tried several times to get into Linux over the decades, and I found in the past year or so that the Linux desktop is mature enough that I can make it work for my workflow without having to go to the command line on a daily basis. I still hope the requirement for a business user like myself to have to depend on a command line will go away altogether someday, but that's another conversation. I've long since thrown away my nose on this pine issue because I didn't want to see them, the notes, again. But I recall the sequence of events have summarized them here. My daily workhorse is a System76 desktop replacement machine running POP. However, after a few months of listening to Linux podcasts and wavering about, I decided to purchase a new Pinebook Pro to use as my portable laptop, and so I placed my order in early mid-August 2020. I received the order from China late September or early October. Since Pine does not communicate status and there is no system from which to track it, I received no tracking number, so the wait was a bit unnerving. Quite excited, I opened the box and it was a joy to behold. The look and feel was great. The portability and weight were exceptional. It even came with a very welcoming letter giving a warm reception to the to the Pine community and offering a URL to the help desk system where I should enter a ticket if I were to have any issues. Awesome. Upon the first boot, I noticed the keyboard didn't work. Several keys wouldn't type the letters, so per the instructions included with the laptop, I entered a trouble ticket with Pine support not 10 minutes after getting my brand new Pine book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, after more than a week, there was no response from Pine regarding my trouble ticket, so I posted a reply to the ticket asking for acknowledgement or response. I waited several more days when I received a rather dismissive reply suggesting I post an issue to the Pine forum, which I found a bit concerning, but I did so because I just wanted my issue to be resolved. At this point, it felt like Pine was immediately dismissing ownership of my issue and directing me to the community for support. So, not cool for a brand new product that wasn't working out of the box. I posted to the forum, 
where after several days I received some suggestions from community members, but none worked. In the meantime, nobody from Pine had replied to my original trouble ticket, then or ever for that matter. Around this time, I emailed my concerns and lack of engagement from Pine to one of the Pine marketing guys that I heard on a Linux podcast since he was the only real human I could identify an email for in the Pine organization after doing much Google-foo. I received no response from him either. I then took the issue to the Better Business Bureau, where the Pine offices are located, describing I couldn't get any engagement to help resolve my issue or an address to which I could return my defective device for a refund. After more than a month, the Better Business Bureau closed the complaint because the Pine headquarters wouldn't respond to them either. To be honest, I didn't expect they would respond to the Better Business Bureau, but I thought it was worth a try since nothing else was working. By this time, it was two or three months since I had purchased the thing, leaving it in the box on a shelf because as much as I loved the look and feel of the hardware, I didn't want anything to do with it or anything related to the Pine organization for that matter. That being said, as I was getting ready to list it on eBay with an honest description of my keyboard issue, mind you, I decided to punt and reinstall Manjaro, which resolved the keyboard issue. I should have been happy, but I was uh, actually rather irritated. Had Pine engaged, they might have offered me the solution at the very beginning, and there would have been no issue. I suspect, since this was an ARM-specific distro that came on device, that they probably knew the resolution. In the beginning, I was enthralled uh, at the myth of Pine when I ordered the device and wanted them to make my experience a positive one, which they very easily could have done. I would have been just fine with a defective unit whether the reason had they engaged and helped me resolve my issue like most other small shops would, like System76 does, for example. What I learned through the school of hard knocks is apparently any hardware you purchase from Pine comes with no support, no engagement, and no recourse should it be defective, regardless of the reason. I must infer from this interaction that if my Pine product gets smashed in transit, that you would be simply out of luck because they wouldn't even hear your issue, let alone help solve it. The whole experience was really too bad because I still want to like Pine because they are really working on the other end to build the Linux community. But rebuilding credibility to a scorned customer is a very tall mountain for any man or organization to climb. On a much more positive note, I want to thank you for the podcast. You guys put out some great content and I look forward to each episode with much enthusiasm. Stacy from Greenville, South Carolina. Wow. Um, yeah, it seems like we've had two sort of, uh, not too good reviews, and, um, I've heard some... Sort of? Sort of. <laughs> okay, I was trying to be nice, but, yeah, if I yeah. was Stacy, if I was Stacy, I would be pissed off. Uh, and from that yeah. email, I, yeah, it's every reason she should be. You can't put out, uh, something like that and not support it. Now, I've, I've heard some people love their pines and it's worked great. I've heard more people than not 
tell me that they haven't been able to get support and they've had to go to the community. So, yeah, I don't think I want one of these. Yeah, um, I was really looking forward to the reviews of the Pinebook Pro since it's not something that I had even on my radar, let alone tried to use or order or or purchase in any way. And I have heard some good things about it, and I've now heard some bad things about it. These are the first bad things that I've heard, and they're significant enough that uh, I don't think I would order one either. If we do have any listeners out there that have had positive experiences with the Pinebook Pro, I would like to hear from them, and we'll read those on the show as well. These are the only two reviews we've received. And unfortunately for the Pine organization, both are pretty bad, uh, especially yeah. Stacy's, because uh, as as you can see, a simple fix could have turned this around for Stacy so that it was a satisfying experience. And although there was a first hiccup in getting the Pinebook Pro to work, it would have been a simple reinstall and move on. And then this review might have been actually positive. But um, I think the lesson learned here for any organization is unless you have good customer service, you are not going to sell very many of your product to people who have actually taken the time to look at reviews. And, you know, Tim's experience, okay, that's mainly due to limitations of the hardware. And when you buy an ARM device at this point in time, you have to expect that it's going to be a little bit limited. And as long as your expectations are based in reality, Okay, you can accept them. Uh, you can yeah. make the conscious choice to make that purchase. But when you make the purchase in good faith and you get no support, that's when you make customers into activists against your organization. And I'm not saying that that's what Stacy is doing, but I think Stacy's review is open, honest, and uh, forthright. Yeah, you know, everybody understands that the Pinebook Pro is, you know, in uncharted territories. Uh, and they're trying to build up the whole ecosystem and everything. You think the one thing that they would do is, uh, even if they did have issues, uh, they would be reaching out and saying, hey, we know this is, have you tried this? I mean, even when they won't respond to a better business bureau, that's just not a good look because, you know, people, because you're always going to have the early adopters who, you know, really hope that it will work for them. But, you know, if you're not making those people happy, <laughs> then they're going to write reviews and then pe people that would might be interested later down will say, I don't know if I want to even deal with these guys. So, right. yeah, I think support is very important. I mean, even something as simple as, uh, you know, say we acknowledge that we've received your complaint and, you know, here's some ideas um, or we don't have a solution, but we'll work on it and we'll let you know. Um Anything I think would instead of just silence would have been what could have made that uh, a unpleasant experience at least tolerable. Right, exactly. And Stacy made the comparison between System seventy six and Pine, and from a customer support perspective, System seventy six is head and shoulders above what Stacy's experience with Pine has been, and 
From personal experience, I have ordered, used, and owned quite happily a System76 machine in the past, and I had a few issues with it uh, along the way, and they were always responsive, always helpful, and even though I changed the Linux distribution that I was using, they would still provide support, and whether it was hardware support or software support, they were always there from day one, and completely opposite of the experience that Stacy had with Pine. Uh, I also have to say that same thing with Dell. When I ordered their XPS 13 developer edition with Ubuntu installed on it, uh, they have a lot of help on their website. They have a community forum. But having had experience with their call-in support and even their on-site support, so I, I purchased it with as a business machine with business on-site support. And they came out, made a hardware repair very quickly for me, and uh, everything was very supportive, very well handled. And that's the kind of support you need from an organization that's providing you with computer hardware. Now, I've used um, ThinkPads, and I've used HP computers in the past, uh, and although the ThinkPads were never new, always out of warranty. I, and I installed uh, my own Linux on there. The hardware support, again, from IBM at the time and Lenovo after that, uh, excellent hardware support. And even support for Linux, although their uh, phone support wasn't uh, up to the task of providing support on Linux because that at the time was not something that they had provided with the the device itself. So uh, it's understandable they weren't going to provide software support for software they didn't provide. And HP, um, I've had one brand new HP machine historically, which never gave me any cause to actually call them for support. And all the other HP machines I've used have been older, out-of-warranty machines that I've put Linux on myself. So... Um, those two uh, ThinkPads uh, and HP machines, I can't talk about the customer service for Linux on there, but certainly System76 and Dell are are excellent. And it appears from Stacy's uh, report and review that Pine, not so much. So, so anyway. So, a couple of sad experiences here. Uh, I'm sure that Pine will do their best to... Uh, remedy these situations, especially if they happen to listen to these reviews. Uh, and if they get this feedback from their users, I think uh, uh, they, they they will either be fixing them or they will be going out of business, one or the other, because this is serious stuff. Yeah. So hopefully they got they can get their act together. So so I guess our our in summary one sentence buyer beware. Yeah, I would say avoid at all costs until they get some of these issues fixed. Yeah, I guess I was being more generous this time. <laughs> I don't feel generous. I mean, after hearing what they put Stacy through, I, you know, I've heard some other stories like this, and uh, I've heard some good stories too. But uh, to be fair, I think uh, maybe <laughs> they should just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Machine looks really nice, though. <laughs> yeah, it looks great, but you can't use it. What good is yeah. it? 
Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it irritates me that you spend. I know it's only 200. People say it's only 200 bucks. What do you expect? But it's like 200 dollars that some people have probably uh, worked and saved and scrimped so they could, um, you know, 200 dollars is a lot of money. Just, and just to have something that doesn't have a functioning keyboard, the one thing that keeps coming to my mind, especially with Stacy, is did anybody not do a quality control check on this thing before they shipped it? Yeah, it's obvious that. No. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I'm a little harsher. I, I, uh, I guess uh, I'm not as diplomatic, but it's like, come on, guys. If you want to, if you want this space to grow and you want to have lots of people buying your products and enjoying it, they at least need to be working or at least you have some way of saying, Hey, we know, you know, transparency is important. Yeah. Support your product. Yeah. Really. Okay, well, that's it for our episode, and I think uh, this this was great. Um, reviews <laughs> from our reviews from our um, listeners, yeah, great stuff. Uh, and if we have any more on the Pinebook Pro, especially those that may have been positive, send them in yeah. or reviews on anything. Quite frankly, we always welcome uh, input from our listeners. In fact, our next episode will be an entire episode dedicated. To listener feedback, as is every other episode of the Linux <laughs> podcast. So that's not unusual for us. Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.